This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. All right, here we go. It's a Monday morning. Uh, when you're listening to this, might be Monday afternoon. Matter of fact, probably will be Monday afternoon because I don't think it's ready till after 12. But uh, what's up? Oh, hi, Jerry. How are you? Very good. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Are you aware um, of this woman on YouTube online, Ali Spagnoli? I do not know an Ali Spagnoli. I believe that's her name. Check her out because I think it's the female version of you. She's a YouTube star? She is. And it's funny because if you look at her profile, it starts out with, oh, hi there, Ali. Oh, no. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, no, Jerry. And she's been doing these videos for a long time. Let me, I'm going to Google it. She just released uh, a YouTube video where her and her two friends do, um, I don't want to say bicycle exercising, it's like bicycle dancing to music. Now, obviously, they have it choreographed where they're in the streets of L.A. or somewhere in California, and they're doing all these poses and acts, and they do the limbo at one point, they're doing the Macarena, and then they put music to it, and it actually looks tremendous. And then watching some of her videos... And watching her speak, I swear to God Almighty, it is your long-lost sister. Now, what is her name, Jerry? I want to say Ali Spagnoli. Is that not right? Are you not Ali finding? Spagnola? Spagnoli, I Let's thought. See. Let's see. Because I can find it real quick. Uh, Ali Spagnola. Spagnola. Yeah, that's her. That's Ali her. Spagnola. Okay. I'll have to uh, Google her. Check her out. Should I move to L.A.? Is that what's holding me back? Is uh, this New York thing not happening for me? And if I, was, I moved I'll to say Los this. Angeles? Let me say this. Yes. I think whether it's you or anyone else that's got any sort of a Twitter following of ten thousand yeah. or more, because I think when you get to ten thousand, I think it's I think it's pretty legit. That's a okay. pretty good number, right? It's a good number, Jerry. I would say anybody that's got ten thousand followers on social media or more, we're wasting our time by not being a little bit more creative. And what this girl does on YouTube is awesome. I'm looking. She has uh, fifty thousand subscribers to her YouTube channel, but a oh. lot of her cha- a lot of her videos only have uh, they don't have the full fifty thousand views. You know what I'm saying, Jerry? Well, the one I just referenced, oh, she just released, I Wait. believe, a few days ago. Yes. So maybe go back in a couple of days. I don't know. I'm just saying it's very talented, but I don't know. She reminds me of the female version of you. Okay. And I'm wondering if it's like a long lost cousin or something. Uh, I will check this out uh, You're later Al, on. She's Allie. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, hi there. It's Allie. And what do you usually say? Oh, hi there. Al oh, hi there. It. Right. Let's check her Twitter followers, Jerry. She has, oh, 2.99 million Twitter yeah, followers. Yeah, she's doing okay. So she's doing all right for yes. herself. Good job by her. Huh. All right. I will check that out, Jerry. So we should become you YouTube stars. What if we YouTube we sh- this thing? I think we, well, are we allowed to? Probably not. <laughs> this is a Play.it podcast, Jerry. And if we YouTubed it. Then I guess we couldn't do that. I don't that. think they would like that. Because I do think we should do something with YouTube. I think it could be a lot of fun. 
I don't know that we could get on bicycles and dance. Right. Uh, or, that I couldn't do. Or do what she does. It's actually really cool, that video. But, well, whatever. We have to figure something out. She became famous, Jerry, playing the Power Hour drinking game, which is something that I did for a year on the Ron and Fez show back in 2001. I'm telling you, you guys are related. Which is 60 shots of beer in an hour. You did that? I did that on the radio, and then I trash-talked everybody. You actually did 60 shots of beer in an hour? Yes. Well, you do it at one uh, a shot every minute. Right. And uh, then I would insult everyone. How much? So how much is that, In a that, fun actually? way. How much? No, no, of course. It's not that much beer, but it's the way that your body absorbs it a shot glass at a time over an hour is the, is the problem. Right, because that probably is only 60 ounces, right? So it's probably only five beers, but... But five beers in an hour is... That is a lot. That's a very good point. And as you start doing them, and college kids, Jerry, who are listening to this, I'm sure they've done this quite a bit. As you begin drinking them, the minutes fly by. So as soon as you finish one, it's like, okay, another one. You're like, I just did one. <laughs> no, no, here we go again. Right, because then if it takes you any amount of time in between... You got to catch up? You got to catch up. Oh, boy. So that's how she became famous. I'm going to I'm gonna uh, Wikipedia her later, Jerry, and I'll Wait. have a full report to you tomorrow. This Ron and Faye show, holy it crap. There's something else. <laughs> Uh, Jerry, it is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but today is Monday. I did know it was Monday, yeah, because we weren't here yesterday. Oh, right. And you did football yesterday. It's the first day uh, President Obama has officially lifted restrictions on Cuban rum and cigars, which means you are now free to travel to Cuba and bring back Cuban cigars and Cuban rum. Does that also mean we can now sell Cuban cigars in a cigar shop? That's a great question. (laughs) Yeah. Let me ask this Ali Spagnola. She has the answer to that one. See if she knows. There are still some restrictions. Uh, used to be able to bring back $100 worth total okay. per person. Now the the way it's set up is you could bring about 100 cigars back each time. Interesting. Not bad. No, I would think that's probably worth a lot, too, What's in so, American money. Like, why can't... I'm sure we make just as good as cigars as Cuba. What are they so? Why are they so great at making cigars? You always want what you can't have, Al. Or are you a cigar smoker, Jerry? Not even close. What I about tried on once of those nasty? What as about hell. on a golf course? Will you have no, a cigar? I, I think it's disgusting. Mm. I will not. Uh-uh. Yeah, I have. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I've told you the story. I have the same stories. I just keep repeating them over and over again. <laughs> oh, even new audience. Uh, that's a great point, Jerry. I one time we were doing a uh, live remote broadcast from a cigar shop in Tampa. Really? When I was working in sports radio down there, and uh, I was walking around the cigar place. It was like a cigar lounge and bar, and. Uh, a, uh, I was walking around with a cigar not lit because the owner had given me one. I didn't know, wasn't sure what to do with it. Right. So a rando guy sitting there says, uh, would you like me to light that for you? I go, sure. And I bent down for him to light it. And I, I took a, I sucked it in, right? The, and in slow motion, a puff of smoke came from the end of the cigar, hung up in midair for about two seconds, then wafted right into my eyeball <laughs> and my eye blew up <laughs> big red tears coming down my eyes what a fool yeah i was trying to be smooth smoking that cigar so that would be the only time i've tried the cigars isn't it amazing like you go back 65 70 years ago poor people thought it, there was nothing wrong with smoking right <laughs> whether it was cigarettes or cigars yeah i wasn't gonna do anything to you they used to have uh opie and anthony used to run these the old commercials uh, sure. uh, for smoking and it was like doctor recommended 
This doctor smokes Paul Malls. Yeah. Or- <laughs> like they endorsed it. Yes. You know, hey, this is good for your health. Like, it's not going to hurt you. There was some that was like, they'll open up your, like by smoking, you open up your windpipes even oh more. Oh my God. Yeah. Is, was that how they sold it? Yeah. And then if you look, I think they're probably still on YouTube. When you're YouTubing Ali Spagnola, you can YouTube these. Uh, the Flintstones starred in commercials for Winston's. Uh, it doesn't cigarettes. surprise me. Yeah. yeah. That, that doesn't surprise It was. Barney it was Fred. mainstream. I mean, you had kids that would smoke with their parents because there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. You know, hey, 15 years old, let's have a cigarette. What the hell? I remember right. vividly, like my, so my dad smoked when we were kids. Yep, mine too. He quit maybe 20 years ago mm-hmm. or longer now, probably 25 years ago. But uh, when, when uh, he used to drive a stick shift and he would, he would have a cigarette in the hand he was stick yeah. shifting. And I remember I had this, like, big wheel type of car, and I used to have a plastic, like, straw that I used to pretend was my cigarette. We all did. How about <laughs> the candy cigarettes? And the candy cigarettes. We all love that. Our par- I think almost every parent smoked at yeah. some point. I remember, you go back, my dad stopped in 81, I think. So it was a long time, you know, going back. How many years is that? 19 is this? 35 years ago. My mother stopped right around the same time. But I remember him in the house, you know, wherever, in the, right after dinner at the table. Right. While we're still eating. I mean, it just, oh, gross. It was the, uh, smokers, when they get up in the morning, first thing they do is they'll uh, drag sure. a cigarette while they're laying in bed. A cup of coffee and a cigarette? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That, beer and a cigarette, coffee and a cigarette, tremendous. I don't question. understand how we used to smoke on airplanes. Yeah, I like, remember. Think about that. When we used to go to California every year from the time I was four years old, and I remember sitting in a thing and the ashtray wouldn't have been cleaned out. I was like, oh, I mean, God. <laughs> you wanted to put your gum in there? Disgusting, yeah. I remember one time, and I smoked uh, in high school. And I remember, and I mean regularly, and I remember one time, it was right after baseball season ended, so it was like summertime, and we were at a party, and I, at the time, I was smoking Newport's, Newport Light, anything menthol I got my hands on. I didn't like regular cigarettes, so they were nasty. And a guy had given me like a, a menthol, like a store brand menthol ultralight. All right, well, whatever. I was desperate. I took it. And I remember I took a puff. I'm like, wow, there's like nothing there. So the next time, I smoked it like a joint almost, where it was like a... The pain I had in my chest for the next two hours, I don't think I smoked for a week. Smooth menthol taste, Jerry. God, that was horrendous what I did to myself that day. And the only... They they still allow cigarette advertising in, like, magazines. But that's it. And um, I'm not sure about billboards anymore. I haven't seen them. I'm not saying they do or they don't. I haven't seen it. But magazines will still have them. Like, I, I subscribe to uh, Entertainment Weekly. Right. They're definitely an enter- Entertainment Weekly. Well, you know what? When Cools you're down. And Newports. There's not much left. I mean, where else are you going to advertise it? I That's guess on it. NASCARs. Do they still advertise on NASCARs? I don't know. I don't watch yeah. NASCAR. I would think. But I'm I don't not know sure. how, like, if something's legal in your country, why would, why would they restrict advertising? Um, Either it's legal or not legal. I don't know what I don't know what the legalities are of the advertising. All I know is you've got all these tobacco companies under siege and lawsuits like crazy. And I'm not even sure are they into the electronic smoking now? I'm not sure. That I don't they think are. so. Because like those, are there like are you saying are there Marlboro electronic cigarettes? I don't uh, think so. Uh, I'm saying not Marlboro brand. But the company that makes it, what's it called, um, based out of Winston-Salem? What's the name of the company? The big tobacco company. Philip Morris. Philip Morris. Do they not own some of these electronic cigarettes? I would cigarettes? think so. Right. So they probably have their hand in it. And I don't know about you, Al. Every time I see someone smoking a regular cigarette now, it looks weird to me. I'm expecting the electronic stuff. Hmm. What if, I would wonder if we could get um, tobacco on our podcast. Tobacco who? Like a... 
hey, Jerry, I'm just over here enjoying a Winston. First of all. <laughs> and then you talk like it's not a commercial, and I'll be like, just a smooth Winston I'm having So you want to promote smoking and well, endorse yeah, it. Yeah, commercial, yeah. Really? For the podcast, I'm saying advertising I sometimes is hard to come sense. by. There's a single soul in the world out there that listens to this podcast or the Boomer and Carton show, or the warm-up, oh, by the way, that would believe you endorsing a no, cigarette. I'm hooked on them, Jerry. Can sometimes, you I like, sometimes I like to uh, relax with a Winston. Stop it. I'm just doing this in case sales wants to send this to Winston. I don't Win- think they do. To Winston. Probably not. Is that still a cigarette, Winston? It used to be in the red package. In the red box, yeah. I believe so, yeah. Winston's. I don't know if they still are. Yeah. My dad's marked Marlboro Reds. Yeah. That, by the way. That was a popular Did you ever one. have a cigarette? I did, yeah. Was it a Marlboro Red? Uh, you don't remember. I don't remember. Probably Marlboro Light. Most people start a Marlboro Light. I remember, no, I, I wasn't a regular smoker by any means, but when me and my friend Paul would go out in Tampa, sometimes if we wanted to, uh, uh, we would we would uh, chain smoke cigarettes so that we could ask girls for lights. Why not? <laughs> the, you know what? I've heard of worse lines. Plus, we didn't want to drive home drunk. Yes. So we'd have a, a beer or two, well, then we would smoke cigarettes. It's so funny because that's how I started smoking when junior in, in high school was... I had gotten, out of all the friends, I had the license first. So I was the one driving. And all of a sudden, you're driving from party to party, and everybody's drinking like crazy around you. You can't. And instead of sitting there twiddling your thumbs, one of the pretty girls, hey, you want to smoke? You know what? What the hell? Right. I saw my parents do it for years. Why not? And that's how, and I didn't smoke for a long time. I was more with the chewing tobacco, with baseball and all that back in the day. But that's how I started. And it was the easiest go-to until one day I realized... Why am I waking up wanting a cigarette? And that's when I realized I had a problem. And then you quit cold turkey. No. Oh. <laughs> I didn't quit cold turkey. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I see. I did quit uh, after not that long of you a You chewed time. the gum, Nicorette. I, no, I chewed the real stuff, tobacco. Oh, you chewed tobacco instead. And then I realized, wow, I don't want to smoke anymore. And then I realized, wow, why do I don't want to keep putting this crap in my mouth? <laughs> One addiction went to the next. I was listening to, you know, the writer Jeff Perlman? Yes, sure. He's got a, bu- a new book out about Brett Favre. Okay. He was a guest on Jim Rome's show. I heard it on the podcast. He said that when the Jets hooked up with Brett Favre, yeah. that Brett Favre really didn't want to come to New York because the yes. big big city. Right. And they said that Woody Johnson got on a plane yes. with a uh, tin can of uh, Copenhagen. I believe it. To make him feel comfortable, and that did the trick. Because it relaxes you. Right. You know, there's something about, and I'm speaking from experience, just from, again, it's a long time ago now, but there's something about being jittery and, you know, because your body is just craving it. I'll give you one. Last week at uh, The Rock, when I went to that preseason hockey game, we were online. I was my six-year-old online to get ice cream for him. And the group in front of us were two guys and their girlfriends, and they're probably around the ages of early 20s. And their dad is having a nicotine fit. And it used to be at The Rock, there were three exits and decks and platforms you could go out and have a cigarette. They have since eliminated that. It is a complete smoke-free environment at The Rock. And he was going from security guard to security guard. I need to have a cigarette to where finally he's like, I'll go outside and come back in. Sir, you can't do that. They sent him to the medic to give him a nicotine patch. He was having a, a an attack. Like, you know, it had him. It's tough. And if you've never gone through it, you don't understand it. Right. The other thing about the Favre story, too, I don't know if Perlman got into it, the fact that they landed like the, the, the airplane 
in Jersey and drove them around the farms of Jersey. Like, here, look, look where you can live. You don't ever have to step foot in New York City. This is like Wisconsin. Right. And he was sold on it. Speaking of Brett Favre, Jerry, um, I know they do touch on it a little bit in the book about him sending those uh, penis pictures. Remember that? Uh, oh, whole I forget, thing? You know, I forget about that. Yes, right. okay. And uh, actually, Jeff Perlman had talked about how uh, he, Brett Favre was always a flawed guy. Right. So it didn't really bother people <laughs> that he was sending those things or addicted to Vicodin or slamming He was beers. a real guy. He was a real guy there, Jerry. But it brings me to a penis story, which I like to include at least one uh, poop or penis story in every podcast we do. In fact, it's a requirement by the company. I wasn't aware. Yeah. I try to keep that stuff hidden from you, Jerry, so you don't right. have to deal with it. But I bring to you a story from uh, The Mirror. That's like a famous newspaper in, in London. London. Yeah. A uh, 50-year-old man, and that's key to this, a little old to be doing this, a 50-year-old man had to have his penis amputated. I would say it's, yeah, it's always, yeah, no no one wants to be have their penis amputated, whether no. they're 50, 25, 75, 12, right. 93. But a horned up younger guy, you could think they try to get imaginative. I don't know why a 50-year-old would be doing this. He, uh, as they say, didn't have a girlfriend or a wife and decided that he would uh, relieve his sexual energy uh, with a, a bottle. I'm sorry, what? A bottle? What does that mean? Like a bottle that you would drink a soda out of. A bottle? Like a bottle of soda, a bottle I'm, of water? I know, I get the bottle. I'm not following. He was putting his penis into the bottle sexually. Oh, my God. And it got stuck there. And oh as you boy. could imagine, he was uh, a little, uh, so to say, shy to go to the doctors. But when it turned black... Oh, my God. He did go to the emergency room, and by that point, Jerry, it was too late. Had to be amputated. They did save his urethra, so he will still be able to urinate, but he will no longer be able to have sex. So he's 50. That's an embarrassing one to uh, to tell. Tell that story if you're going to share. Like if you're at a... Oh, my God. You know, sharing mood to share your, something, a crazy story about your life. Like, I'm sure you have some crazy stories, Jerry. You're not going to beat this guy, though. I'm really kind of boring. I don't know that I would have anything that would beat that. Okay. That's fair enough, because this is uh I mean, have you ever put unique. your penis in a bottle? I have not. Yeah, I don't think many people have. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a legit story. Legit story. Let me, I, what I don't get, from though. From the Daily Mirror. See, usually, London. if it goes in, it should be able to come out somehow. Right. But so, uh, this doctor said he once treated a patient who put his uh, wedding ring on his penis, and it would not come off. And it does remind me, like, sometimes people put a ring on, and... It goes on, right? Like, but then doesn't come off because in the summer you swell a little bit, right? But in the winter, and I guess you couldn't wait very long. Why not break the bottle? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. The, the there's not a lot of details here. I mean, I anything would have been better than just staring at it right. as it turned probably blue and green and red to black, right? Oh, God. I agree with you, Jerry. Hopefully there's the reporters get an update on this. I would love to oh, hear sure more about it. I'm sure he'll answer questions. <laughs> hmm. Do they have his, I don't want to know, but do they have his name in there? That's a good question. Uh, no, they have the doctor's name. Dr. Dennis Chirinos. Chirinos. That's, that's correct, Jerry. Yeah. Well, Dr. Been Dennis the only one that was cheery. Chirinos. He's a urologist. He operated on the man. Oh, my God. It's a strange case, he said. It's happened before. No. But it's still strange. Oh. 
God. We had a 50-year-old patient that, because he didn't have a girlfriend or a wife, wanted to relieve his sexual frustration. Quote, so he put his penis in a bottle, and this caused the death and necrosis of the penis. When he arrived four days later, we had to amputate the penis completely because it was completely dead. Oh, my God. The surgeon continued, Jerry Moore quotes, When you put your penis into a bottle, it causes a constriction in the blood vessels of the penis, and within four hours, you can lose the penis. This is an embarrassing emergency. The situation with this patient is that it didn't get the medical attention in time and thus caused his uh, unit to decay and die completely. When you had the tick in your penis, did you delay in going to the doctor? I did not delay at all. Well, I didn't have to go to the doctor. I I, uh, quickly ran to Google. Oh, that's right. I forgot. While I was shaking, my hands were shaking, Jerry, as I tried to type into the Google. You were nervous. I was nervous, but WebMD, uh, which I believe is a trusted source online. For the most part, yes. For I that, mean, any of these things can really scare you half to death. Yes. You know, my I, my temperature went up from 98.7 to 99.3 in an hour. You check that out. You're going to die tomorrow. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I mean, you don't know. Right. But... Yes, it is a trusted source. I would agree. And I was able to grab it with the tweezers, and in one pole got it out. Your penis or the tick? No, the tick. <laughs> and in one pole got the whole thing. Well, listen, I'm I'm proud of you. That's, that's I did have my. Penis. How did you know you got the whole thing out? Uh, because uh, I also talked to my sister, who's a biology was a biology teacher. Okay. Before becoming a full time mother, and she told me to to pull the tick out and put it on a piece of clear masking tape. Okay. And then from there, take a magnifying glass to see if you got the whole thing. And then to keep it on the tape in case, I think in case my penis developed uh, a rash, the, 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 uh, that the deer tick disease. What do you call that? Lyme's disease? Lyme's disease. And uh, that way I could turn the tick over to the authorities. How does that conversation go? Ring, ring. Hey, Sonia, it's Al, your brother. Uh, I have a tick on my penis. Well, her name's Chrissy. Well, I wasn't, okay, I didn't want to throw that out there, but okay. Okay. Yeah. It's got to be an awkward conversation. Well, my sister's known me well over the years, Jerry. That was not, no more (laughs) awkward than anything they've expected. Instead, it's, they they don't answer with, hello, they, what did you do now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did tell them that, and uh, I got it with the tweezers, amazingly. Wow. Great job by me. Great. Yes, by the way, very good job. And then... Here's saw, one more, Jerry. I saw this, Jerry. This is just more interesting because, you know, uh, the a lot of rock groups, they uh, get back together after many years. Yes. And a lot of people want to see Led Zeppelin get back together. Yes. But Robert Plant keeps denying. Can't sing, right? That's the problem. That's the rumor is that he cannot sing. Well, there's a PBS program called Austin City Limits, very famous in the music, people who love music. And Robert Plant did a concert there performed on the on the show for the first time in 14 years and he did a couple of Zeppelin songs really? and I checked them out not bad so then why don't they he do it they make sing. a fortune I know I don't understand especially when it would be something like, like I've always said too if you ever and people have always said this if you ever got you know before George Harrison died if you ever got McCartney and Harrison and star together with Lennon's kid could you imagine Huge. what that would be? Because you haven't seen it in decades. Right. You haven't seen Led Zeppelin in decades. And arguably, one of the top five bands of all time, some would say the top band, right? That thing would sell out so fast, no matter how many dates and how many cities, that would be ridiculous. Now, I saw when they toured as Page and Plant in like 1997. Okay. 
and it was Paige and Plant and a couple other guys. Maybe Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son, was drumming. Right. I don't know who else the other guitarist was, but they were great. Like right. it was a great show. They did all the Zeppelin songs and they full it. full rock out versions of them. I don't know why you'd hold back. I mean, you've, you you got so much time on this earth, man. Go knock it out of the park again. Well, like one more time. What right. the hell? It's 2016. You were you were huge in the 70s. Right. It's 2016. People still want to see you. With with Guns and Roses reuniting, there Zeppelin is the last remaining legit is that true? And yeah. I think that people want to see. Although I guess Pink Floyd, those two guys uh, do not like each other. The two Pink Floyd guys. Hmm. Yeah, I've ne- I was never into Pink Me Floyd. Me neither. At all. Because we didn't do psychedelic drugs. Is that what it was? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Which I think you need to do. <laughs> I guess. To enjoy the Floyd, Jerry. The wall. The wall. Right. All right, that's all I have for you today. Uh, coming up next, the warm-up. Today was a sports Monday. A so, monster warm-up. And we show. went straight through, which, by the way, we're going to start taking a break. Because we, me and Al have discussed it. It'd probably be better if we took a break midway through. We discussed um, their management said, hey, listen, you dopes. The whole point of this show but is I wasn't, to... What a shock. I wasn't a part of this conversation. Oh, well, that was my meeting. Yeah. I had nothing to do with this. I don't yes. know anything about it. Uh, but we will take a break. But we were very good today, as we usually are. And that is coming up right now after Al says goodbye. See ya. Eh. See it's the Boomer and Carton warm-up show with Alan Jerry. It's just like Boomer and Carton without Boomer or Carton. Good luck with that. All right, and we are with you on a Monday morning after a giant win as the uh, Giants came away victorious in a wild game over the Ravens. Good morning, Al. Oh, hi, Jerry. So Odell Beckham, boy, he had a day. He did have himself <laughs> a day over there. How about that second half? Yes. Now, I watched this game, Jerry, with uh, the girlfriend's relatives. Okay. And if there ever was a guy that Management at FAN should say, this guy is who you're broadcasting to. He works in the cemetery. He's blue collar. Right. He watches the Giants. He's got the red zone on for his daily fantasy. They love the Giants, and they love Odell Beckham. But they get furious when he does those things after the touchdown. Right, like it ripping the helmet off. crazy. He said after the game that he, I I don't think he was aware that was a penalty, taking your helmet off on the field to play like that. Right. He says that, but as been pointed out in our discussions here before the show amongst the staff, Jerry, the minute he does that, it is as if he looks to the ref and says, I don't care. Well, he didn't care. They don't care, these receivers now. The 15-yard penalty is meaningless. They have to make that 30 yards or call the touchdown back. Or allow them to make the 15 yards on the extra point. The extra point is already longer than it used to be. Now, all of a sudden, I'm trying to think, what is it? It used to be 19 yards. They moved it back, so it's about a 32, 33-yard or whatever it is. If you make that 48 yards, he's probably still making it, but at least there's a little bit more of a chance that uh, it could hinder the extra point. How do we make that happen for next week? I don't think we're going to. That's not going to happen. And then the other thing he did on on his last touchdown, when he's uh, cutting across the middle and heading towards the sideline, yes. he, he does the right thing and he puts the ball in his left arm, cradles it, uh, so that that ball is uh, towards the sideline. Then as the defenders approach, for some reason, he not only switches hands to the right hand closest to the defenders, but he's holding it like you watch those old Walter Payton highlight sure. films where he's just holding it by one hand. I wanted someone, and I wanted the Giants to win. I wanted someone to slap that out of his hand. But you wanted the Giants to win. I did. Right. <laughs> but I wanted someone to slap that out of his hands and have it go out of bounds and then have them score. Were you happy with the nonsense with the kicking net? No. it's it's so. 
So played, Jerry. No, no, no. So played. No, no, he took it to another level. Here no, he, he was. didn't. Oh, no, no, he did. Here he a was. A dumb one. In the locker room afterwards, uh, Gary Myers, I think. Oh, good. Uh, asked him what that was exactly. Nice. You know, we're, our relationship's growing. Um, <laughs> I thought we, you know, we might as well make it serious. Um, I proposed. She said yes. So, you know, me and, me and Lynette are going to get married sometime soon. You know, just hopefully it all works out. I'm, I'm 23. I don't know much about marriage, but uh, she seems like a pretty good gal. Yeah. So, I mean, no one cares about the stupid net. Well, apparently we do. We're writing articles about it. We're discussing it afterwards. And here we are talking about it this morning. Or the Nutcracker Suite dance, ballet dance he did on the first time. It looked like he had an idea to do something else and then thought better of it. How about the fact on both touchdowns, the 66-yarder that won it and the 75-yarder earlier in the game, that both of those were Eli Manning checking out of the initial call? Is that right, Jerry? Yeah. So Odell was the second receiver on that. No, I'm not saying oh. that. I'm saying Eli changed the play at the line of scrimmage oh, and checked to that both times. And Beckham, after the game, could not have been more complimentary about how Manning saw the defense that he's the most prepared player he's ever played with. And he saw something, and he was dead on both times, and it led to two long touchdowns. Yeah. So I only say that because a couple of weeks ago, remember he was on with Mike, and people didn't like the things Eli was saying about Beckham, that he does have to watch out, and he's got to be more buttoned up. And, you know, there were some that thought, oh, maybe there's a little rift between the two. That couldn't be further from the truth, and Beckham made that very clear yesterday. The other thing, too, and I know Eddie will love this, so he, he suffered the hip injury. Right in the first half, he goes out. Roger Lewis comes in for him, gets his first career touchdown, and he lost his mind after the touchdown, too. <laughs> Roger Lewis Jr. Yes, with two all ju- these. Jerry, we have two juniors. We got juniors. Yeah, we got a couple receiving. of juniors. So Beckham was asked after the game how he got through the hip injury. You know, I sat there and I just, I just prayed. I, I prayed. I prayed for strength. Placed his hand of anointment upon me, and, and he did. Who placed his hand? God. Tim Tebow? Tebow, yeah. No, God. (laughs) All right. This is really a bit much. And then you have the Ravens' Eric Weddle. He was asked by a reporter, and I only play this because I love the reaction. Uh, I think you might like it too. Uh, Reporter asking Weddle. Frustrating to get all those penalties, really, when you can. Ah, yeah, it is. Freak. (laughs) Freak, did he say? Yeah, it is. Freak. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of funny. He was good too after the game. They had one sequence where they were in field goal range, then you had a penalty, then you had another penalty, and they kept going backwards. So it was kind of interesting. I was talking to Craig before the program, Jerry, and he wants the Giants to throw to Beckham every Every time. You can't target him every play. No, you can't do that. He did have that fumble in the first quarter. And by the way, between the fumble, the penalty, there were things not to like about what he did. But they won the game. He had 222 yards receiving. So you go nuts over it and good for them. I think blue-collar Giant fans don't like him. I don't know the answer to that. I know my brother is a huge Giant fan, always has been. And what does he do he for a living? He loves what he does on the field. He works for one of the um, utility companies. Blue-collar, Jerry. He is, absolutely. He loves Beckham and his ability. He doesn't like the extra stuff. But I mean, he doesn't like him. He just wishes he would tone it down afterwards and just kind of act like you've been there before. But some guys do, some guys don't. You know, Julio, uh, Julio Jones doesn't really do all this nonsense. Some guys do. And if it works for him, good for him. He's put up big numbers. It's hard to argue with it. And now next that we see the Giants, Jerry, they'll be in London. How about the fact they're not playing at Wembley Stadium? Where do, I wouldn't know that there's another they're, stadium in London. Yeah, well, they play soccer there. There's a lot oh, of they stadiums. Do. They're playing at oh, Twickenham multiple. Stadium. Twickenham. Which I was not aware of. With I the did, T? And I, get, and I don't know. I imagine this is the first NFL game at Twickenham Stadium. I'm not sure. I thought all the games were played at Wembley. 
Uh, but this one's at Twickenham. Yes. Do they have nets over there as well, kicking nets I, the same way? Well, I don't know. Do the Giants travel his fiance? Yes. <laughs> so stupid. He also had it laid down on him at some point as if, do you think he was being intimate uh, with the netting? I, You know what? I guess it's pos- it's possible because they uh, did ask him about children. You'll have interesting looking children. <laughs> yeah. They'll be nice. Blonde nettish. Well, <laughs> the reporters love Odell Just Beckham. This Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious so bits. Then, Jerry, you follow the Dallas Cowboys every week. You yes. work on their pregame, For their Compass halftime, networks, yes, correct. and their postgame. And also, the Cowboys are on national TV every week. It's unbelievable. Every single week, every the Cowboys week. are on Fox or CBS. Yes. In New York. And I had this conversation with you before the the uh, Cowboy-Bengal game, and uh, you said, I don't know how they're going to cover A.J. Green. Right. Because their, their, their defense was suspect. I think that's fair to say going into the season, yes. With right. All the suspensions and lack of playmakers, yes, I would agree with that. And then they they were able to handle him. Then this week I'm watching him against Aaron Rodgers, Jerry, in Green Bay. I'll give you two names. Yes. David Irving and Anthony that? Brown. Who are those guys? Exactly. Anthony Brown has been playing in the secondary, and he has been tremendous. And then there's David Irving, who forced the two fumbles yesterday. He's a defensive lineman. He was great. They are doing it with guys that most people have never heard of. Cedric Thornton last week against the Bengals, getting pressure on Dalton. And yesterday, now, the one thing about yesterday's game, Aaron Rodgers had several pass plays he could have made, missed open receivers. That having been said... Dak Prescott missed a couple of open receivers, too. You know, they, they kind of balance each other out. But defensively, the Cowboys are doing a great job, which I did not expect. Ezekiel Elliott yesterday was a monster. I mean, he ran for 160 yards or 157, I think the number was. And you don't even think about him because of Prescott and the three touchdown passes and Cole Beasley and Bryce Butler. But I really is something. And he finally was picked off in the game. I did see that right in the, right in the gut. Right after as well. Bryce Butler dropped what could have been a 50-yard pass play and should have been. He dropped the ball. Right. When they say Dak Prescott doesn't throw deep, that was his deep shot. Yes. So they had, I mean, they had some really great drives yesterday. And the Cowboys look to be for real because it starts with that offensive line. And now who do they play coming They're up? off. They're off this week. They're off. Five and they and have, yes. Then they have the Eagles. They have the Steelers. They have a road game in Minnesota. They got the Redskins again. Giants somewhere in there. Um, so it's not easy by any stretch, but... They're five and one. They've won five straight. And not only that, Al, it's not like they're winning nail biters. Right. I mean, yesterday's game, I and mean, they're up by 10, 10 points or more the entire the entire afternoon. And, and now they buried the Bengals last week. And the NFC East now, Giants are in there with Cowboys five and one. Eagles four and uh well, the Redskins are four and two. They right. beat the Eagles yesterday, who were three and two, and what are the Giants? Three and three now. Right. So all of a sudden the NFC East looks pretty good. Yes. Wild, really is. And then how about this, Jerry? After a day of exciting football, why did Sunday Night Football, who normally we can count on to be a marquee matchup, you know, about midway through the Cowboy game, I was like, ooh, who's the Sunday nighter? (laughs) And then I saw Texans. Rock Osweiler and the Texans don't do it (laughs) for you. Texans, Colts, and I thought, this is one of those, like, Thursday night, NFL Network yeah. only. You have to be an AFC fan. Now, it turned out to be a heck of a finish yes. and a really good game, but I'm with you. When I saw who was on the Sunday night game earlier in the day, I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed at 8 o'clock. <laughs> it's not a sexy game. No. As a matter of fact, the baseball game was a lot more appealing last night, a lot more appealing with Clayton Kershaw going, and that was awesome. I, know, I don't know how many people watched it, but Kershaw was Clayton Kershaw last night, and the Dodgers did win. We got to run. Oh, we do. Uh, yeah. Boomer and Carton are coming up next on the fan. 